I'm Lucy's dad, but please, please don't hold it against her. <laughs> now, I've been preaching for a few years. I started in 1959. Anybody here in 1959? Oh, good, thank you. You're a real friend there. Uh, but I have stopped occasionally to draw breath, so don't worry, or you missed that one. I shan't go on quite that long this morning. <laughs> it's a great theme that Jerry chose. I've never seen it used uh, in this period of the church before. Wonder that leads to worshipping the Lord. So I want to carry on with that theme, probably just this last Sunday, but it's a, a great theme because it's actually at the heart of our Christian life. So I wonder if you could just think for a moment quietly to yourself, what has made you, through attending Ridge, during the last four weeks, say, think more that you wanted to worship the Lord? What have you heard or what's provoked you during this last four weeks that wants to make you worship the Lord more? Just uh, 30 seconds. I shall time it. I shan't have gone to sleep. Half time. And the nice thing about an open-ended question like that, there are no right or wrong answers. So could you turn to someone near you, maybe in the family or in the row behind or in front of you, and just share with them what has prompted you to feel more like worshipping the Lord and also listen to them as well. You may find an additional thing. So again, another 30 seconds just to chat with those near to you about what's most provoked them and you can share what's most prov provoked you to worship the Lord over this Advent period as Jerry has led these services. Lord, listen to that unholy row that's going on now. Okay, it's a bit unnerving, isn't it, to talk during a sermon, but it's not disrespectful. <laughs> Thank you very much for responding. It's a strange thing if it's, well, if some strange geezer asking you to, to do something like that. 
Now, why did I choose these two readings? The one being the actual, what we normally call the miracle of Peter and John meeting that lame man who'd been lame from birth. So he was well known. It was totally out of the ordinary that this man should ever walk. He met him, reached down to him, said, I can't give you any arms, but I can give you what I've got in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And uh, putting his faith to work, he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And then this miracle took place. Seems so far, doesn't it, from the sort of thing that often is happening in our Christian experience. But it was a wonderful experience, not just for that man, but for everybody who knew him over those 40-odd years, who passed him almost every week as they went into the temple to pray, had seen him there and probably felt rather sad for them, but knowing that not much could be done. There, that day, it suddenly changed. Wonderful, wonderful. Did it lead to worship? Well, yes, because he went prancing into the temple courts, the outer court of the temple, and there he caught everybody's attention. <laughs> what are you doing? As if they needed to ask <laughs> when they saw him there walking around and leaping and praising God, it said. He knew what he wanted to do. That wonder of that experience resulted straight away in worship for God. Now that theme of wonder turning into worship for God is both the reason and the experience of our Christian living. It's this theme that should mark our Christian lives. And you don't need a miracle to start it. Okay, we'll see in a minute what Peter described it as. And you've embarked on that Christian life, or if you're thinking about embarking on it, don't waste time. Make an appointment with Jerry or one of the other elders and say, just show me how to come to know Jesus Christ for myself, that I can be in that crowd of people praising God. Because that's the process. Wonder turning into worship for God. Now, let's look at what Peter says it was. And in your Bible here, I'm going to just take a slight exception to your wording, but in chapter 4 and verse 9, where they're on trial, Peter says this, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, a benefit, it's an understatement, isn't it? <laughs> a benefit. But if you go to a more literal translation rather than the, uh, this American translation, which is excellent, I'm not running it down, but it says, Peter says, an act of kindness. Now that's a bit of a weak word, isn't it? An act of kindness. Hands up if you cannot do an act of kindness. 
I thought so. I've got you all trapped now. Okay? This whole event that was wonder translated into worship and praise to God started with a simple act of kindness. I don't have any money. I don't have any gold. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to lift you up. An act of kindness. And that's how Peter described it to his jurors. The whole shooting match were there. The high priest, the high priest family, the other rulers, they were on trial for this act of kindness <laughs> to this man, and that's how Peter described it. And I am immensely encouraged by that because acts of kindness are what the world needs. Acts of kindness are what your neighborhood needs. Acts of kindness are what your working environment needs. Acts of kindness, men, are what your wife needs from you. <laughs> and acts of kindness, women, are what your husband needs from you. Well, obviously, the children do as well. Acts of kindness. And, of course, kindness is actually part of the work of the Holy Spirit. It's one flavor of the fruit of the Spirit. And when you become a Christian, you receive the Spirit, even if you didn't know it, although you can be filled in a more knowledgeable way later on. But when you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive his Spirit, and he comes bringing seven flavors to the fruit of the Spirit, of which kindness is one. And gentleness is another. Goodness, aren't those two watchwords today? Kindness and gentleness for we men. Isn't the world a horrid place because of we men so often? I don't know that it's true in the USA, but in England, 85% of all people in prison are men. 85% of all violent crime is convicted, is perpetrated by men. We men need to remodel our lives on Jesus Christ. And one way that comes across to the rest of the world is by our kindness and those other flavors of the fruit of the Spirit, like gentleness and long-suffering, those words which are, yeah, probably rather feminine in their way. But we were created first, men. <laughs> Remember, we should set the tone in the world today. Wonderful. So here is Peter describing what turned out to be an amazing miracle because he was prepared to show an act of kindness or a, what did the word say, a benefit to this young man. Benefit could actually include a miracle, couldn't it? But the kindness of bending down and taking him by the hand. What a lovely, lovely picture of what it is to be a Christian for Jesus Christ. So it's a special word for us men. 
and of course, not ruled out for women either. But we need it everywhere, don't we? In our families, with our children, in our community, in our race relations, in our nationalism. One of the things that saddens me so much about the UK withdrawal from the European Union is it was an act of selfishness. We want to have our own way. We don't want any of you others to be interfering in our national life. Even though, from the very, almost the very beginning of the European Union, we, in the European Union, it started with just seven members, we were interfering in other members. But that was the agreement. Let's help each other. Let's show, in Europe, nation to nation, acts of kindness. So, we wealthy nations built the motorways in Portugal. We wealthier nations started manufacturing in the poorer eastern nations of the EU. It was an act of being kind and supportive to each other. Why the UK should want to leave that, I don't know. Well, you can tell how I voted, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. I want to give you a little example from my church at home about acts of kindness can be done to unknown people. We have a thing called pods, prayer on the doorstep, okay? We tried to pray with people in the street, but they were usually too busy. We tried different times of day. In the morning, no, they were going to take kiddies to school. In the evening, no, they were getting kids home from school. On Sunday afternoon, no, we're having a walk. <laughs> so we thought, okay, we can't stop them where they are. Let's go where they are. And our church prays for three streets every week in its public services, as Jill was doing then. So we go, not many of us, there's only about six or seven of us in the team, in pairs, to, <coughs> excuse me, to the door, hearts pounding away. <laughs> we knock on the door and we say, we've just been praying for your street in our church and we didn't know whether you knew that, so here we are just to let you know that you are much in the prayers of our church. And we wondered how your family was. And of course, they're not being harangued about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ or anything like that. But what our aim is, is to give God a chance to answer a prayer for them that they cannot see as anything other than God acting in their lives. So with a brief chat on the doorstep about what's going on, you know, Everybody at work? Yeah. Anybody sick? Yeah. Kids doing well? You know. And even if the answers are all positive, it's a prayer of praise for them. But when we finish, you say, well, could we just briefly pray with you about those things? Because we know they're important to you. And usually before they've got a chance to say no. Thank you. Even before it's a chance to say no, we just pray, Lord, show this family your love, the sort of things we've been singing about 
in the songs John chose for, for today. And then we leave. So we're not going to get any credit for it. They probably don't even know our names. As we walk down the street, God may already be answering that prayer for them in a way that, only, that they can say can only have been God at work. And that might be the first occasion in their lives when they've been able to recognize God at work. It may not be. It may refresh them at times when it's happened before. But it was a simple act of kindness. Cost very little, except a pounding heart, maybe. <laughs> but it gave God a chance to say, yes, I am concerned about that family, and thank you for showing them kindness. So, wonder that brings to worship. That's what happened to me when I became a Christian. I met these other students. What a nutty lot they were. <laughs> but the first thing that impressed me about it is the men treated the women so respectfully. The second thing that caught my attention was they talked about as if Jesus Christ was looking over their shoulder. I thought, oh, I hope you're not looking over mine. <laughs> but the more I met them over only a month, the more I realized, goodness, these people live, talk, work as if Jesus Christ was still alive. Well, you know that, don't you? But I didn't. I'd said the creed in church week after week on the third day was raised from the dead. <laughs> and it never dawned on me if he was raised from the dead, he was still alive. But I could see it in them, and my wonder eventually turned into my worship of him. Amazing. Simple. They were so nice. <laughs> so kind. So inclusive. All because Jesus was still alive. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.